0: Log Talk Radio.
1: Hello, and welcome to today's episode of 219 Green Connect, where we explore topics about the environment and green living in northwest Indiana. For past show archives, news, and upcoming events, you can check out our website at 219greenconnect.com or join us on Facebook or Twitter. Our ID on both of those is 219greenconnect. You can also subscribe to this podcast on iTunes or anywhere you listen to podcasts. I'm your host, Kathy Sippel, and today I have the pleasure of being joined by two very special guests. I have Genevieve Chichello from Fort Wayne and Rahul Durey from West Lafayette, and they are representing a group that they are involved in called Confront the Climate Crisis. So welcome to both of you, and I can't wait to hear more about how you got started, your background, and, and what you're up to. So Rahul, are, are you going to give us a little little background?
0: Absolutely. So, um, hi, thank you for having us, Kathy. Um, as uh, Kathy said, I'm uh, Rahul Darai, and um, I first got involved in this climate movement when I was in uh, eighth grade, and there was a climate strike happening at my high school organized by some older students. Uh, my school is a junior-senior high school, so I was in the same school as them in eighth grade. And, Um, About 300 students marched across the city of West Lafayette, and that persuaded our city council and our mayor to pass a carbon neutrality resolution for West Lafayette. In um, September of 2020, a few years later, that local group, which I had gotten further involved in, we decided to go statewide because there had been a number of groups of youth um, who had been um, striking for um, action on climate on the, local level, on the local level across Indiana and they had been making immense progress. Several cities had passed uh, climate resolutions and um, these youth were making immense local progress but we weren't seeing the same type of progress um, on the state level. We didn't see our state legislators listening to the youth of Indiana. So we decided to create this statewide organization called Confront the Climate Crisis. We are a um, statewide um, group of Hoosier youth from across the state in all of our different regions, and we are advocating for state-level action on climate change um, in the state of Indiana because Indiana does have a lot of... Uh, work to do when it comes to carbon emissions, but we also have a lot of potential when it comes to carbon emissions. So for the past year and a half, we've been very much legislatively focused. Um, In Indiana's 2022 legislative session, we pushed for a bipartisan bill um, in the Indiana General Assembly. It was called Senate Bill 255. It was championed by my state senator, Senator Ron Alting who is the longest-serving Republican senator in Indiana, and it was co-authored by um, seven other senators, three of Senator Alting's Republican colleagues and four of his Democrat colleagues. This was a bill that was trying to get our General Assembly to just do the first step when it comes to climate action. We wanted our General Assembly to create a state-level climate change task force to create a set of policy recommendations for the General Assembly when it comes to carbon emissions from our electricity sector, from our industrial sector, our building sector, our agricultural sector, and our transportation sector. We had seen um, you know, a similar model of climate action planning happen at the local level and we wanted to um, you know, use that same model at the statewide level. And we were able to build a lot of support for it. As I said, we had eight uh, state senators supporting it. We had this um, large coalition of over 80 um, organizations and public officials that um, joined a coalition in support of the legislation. But unfortunately, we did not get a hearing for the bill. Uh, The chairman of the Indiana Senate um, Committee on Environmental Affairs uh, chose not to hold a hearing for our bill this time, but as we all know, legislation and progress takes time, and the key to success, as Senator Alching would always tell us, is persistence. You know, you need to keep trying. So um, our team isn't going anywhere, our movement isn't going anywhere, and we are trying our best to be persistent. So we're pushing for the same bill, and we're doing a lot of groundwork around that, which Genevieve will talk a bit more. So in Indiana's 2023 legislative session, we are going to be back again pushing for a bill uh, to create a task force on climate change for the state of Indiana.
1: Great. Thank you so much. And, um, I mean, I just want to say thank you, number one, on behalf of Hoosiers Everywhere concerned about environment for just, you know, having such strong leadership and persistence and um, Stick to itness, like, you know, the same thing as persistence. But I know we've spoken probably four or five times now, and and your your focus has been constant, which is great. And I, I know you okay. might not feel comfortable bragging about it, but you've gotten recognition from like several organizations. And I want to tell people also they can go to confronttheclimatecrisis.com, dot and you can just go right to the um, about them awards and press and see like lots and lots of press that you've gotten. But would you mind saying a little bit about several awards and recognition you've gotten from like the Hoosier Environmental Council and even the um, EPA?
0: Yeah, absolutely. So in November of last year, uh, the Hoosier Environmental Council um, gave um, several different awards at their annual Greening the State House event. And they presented Confront the Climate Crisis, um, the Climate um, Advocate of the Year Award. And we were super fortunate and and, and grateful to be recognized in that way from, you know, such a, um, you know, um, a a veteran environmental organization that has been doing this work for decades. Um, We've also been recognized by the Sierra Student Coalition. They are the um, the the student uh, fa- uh, faction of the National Sierra Club organization. We've been recognized by then them, and this past summer um, we had a really exciting award um, that, um, to be honest, I was pretty shocked by. The EPA every year presents the president's environment. Environmental Youth Award to um, youth from different regions, and for our region, which includes several states from the Midwest, we won that award. The abbreviation it's it's the PEA Award. Um, yeah, so for our work in West Lafayette and across the state, we uh, were recognized by the PEA Award, and last week. I actually went to Washington D.C. with um, um, a, a co-leader of our group from Carmel and we got to go to the EPA building and attend the award ceremony and meet some major leaders at the national level and meet um, groups like ours from across the country. And it was uh, very you know, motivating and inspiring to see that and um, we're just super grateful to um, to see that recognition and it just makes us more motivated to keep keep doing this work
1: yeah well congratulations number one and thanks for sharing the the details of that that sounds really really exciting and well deserved mm-hmm. so thank you thank and, you and just for the record i know you said you got started when you were in eighth grade and can you just say for the record what what year are you in now in school
0: yeah i just started my junior year in high school
1: your junior year okay thank you so much And is there anything more you'd like to say about the background, or should we hear from Genevieve on some things that uh, you're currently doing? I don't want to cut you short. We've got plenty of time. (laughs) No, I think, yeah, I
0: covered it all pretty much.
1: Okay, great. Well, thank you. So, Genevieve, I know you're going to tell us a little bit about, you know, what you're working on now, how people can get involved. But before we do that, I'd love to hear your story, too, of what got you inspired and interested to, uh, to be a part of this group.
2: Yeah, of course, and thank you for having me, too. So in school school, I started to become really interested in the environment, um, watching documentaries like Inconvenient Truth and that sort of stuff and doing, like, independent projects for school. I started to get really excited and, like, writing my state senator for an English writing project, you know. But I started to realize that that sort of stuff, was really hard, and I was feeling discouraged, so then a couple years later, I had done a few smaller projects in my high school, and uh, a community organization put me in touch with um, a man from Earth Charter, Jim Poiser, and Mm -hmm. I was working. Doing well. (laughs) Yeah. And I think he noticed how it was difficult. It was a smaller um, municipal project in my city, and he started to encourage me to get involved in Confront the Climate Crisis, because he knew a lot of the students, and he was saying, you know, um, these problems that you're having, maybe working with um, people who aren't your age in your city, Confront the Climate Crisis is run entirely by students, and it's a really great organization, and it's, it's just a really really good thing to be a part of. So, I was a little bit nervous at first because I didn't know anything about it or anybody in it. But I appreciated that it was all virtual because there's no one from my city in it, but I can attend and be a part of all this stuff and meet people from across the state all online and through different projects. So, I started to become more involved about a year ago, and I joined the legislative committee with Rahul. So our most recent project is trying to get support for our Senate bill in the next legislative session. And a way we're trying to do that, we're combining with the outreach committee for Confront the Climate Crisis, and we're trying to recruit membership from Senate and representative districts in Indiana that we don't have members from. So that's how I got in contact with you, Kathy, because we were finding some contacts of people in your area. So right now we're trying to get a hold of environmental groups and students, people who who are interested in joining our movement and also interested in getting in contact with their representatives to ask them to support our bill next year.
1: Well, thank you again for taking the time to talk with me last week and also for coming back and, and doing this because I just thought it would be great to tell not only me, and not having th- anything get lost in translation, but just to allow you the space and time to say exactly, you know, which districts it is that you're looking to network in. And, you know, podcast obviously can go anywhere, but my – people I, I work with most are kind of what we call the region here in northwest Indiana, which is Lake Porter and LaPorte counties. And I myself live in Valparaiso in Porter County and I think that's one of the, the areas that you're trying to network in, is that right? Yes. Yeah. Right. Okay. So tell us yeah, tell us a little bit about what is involved with being a member um, maybe also just if, if people aren't voting yet, especially, they might not know, like, well, what, how do I find my district, right? Because you're working with people who are below the voting age. So if people aren't really used to thinking of themselves in that way, let, let's just lay it out for people so that they can understand, you know, how, how to get in touch with you, how they can know what district they're in, anything else that might be important.
2: right, so one way to get in touch with us that I think other than using our website, we have an Instagram and we post about getting involved in our project. We recently had a new call for members who are interested in getting involved. So our organization gives people freedom to commit as much or as little time as they have, which I thought was really nice different than maybe a school-run organization where you have to make sure you have time for this or you're sacrificing school time or work time, you can uh, join as many committees as you want to participate in and help a lot with those projects, but also at times in the year if you have a lot going on, everyone's really understanding if you can only make it to our core team once a week, which is all of the committees giving updates. So, yeah, Northwest Indiana is a place we're trying to recruit members from, but also we're always looking for members from around the state in general. Great. And I'll just mention,
0: um, Genevieve gave a great summary, and I'll also mention um, there are uh, two senators in particular in the Northwest Indiana area that... We want to build support in their districts, um, in particular are uh, Senator Rick Niemeyer and Senator Ed Charbonneau. And we see a lot of potential with those two state senators, but um, we want to do the, the, the ground game work of you know, building support and finding people um, in the districts, finding constituents, finding local um, groups to, to, better, to have a better place in our advocacy to those legislators.
2: Right, and circling back to the question, Kathy, about people under the voting age finding their legislators, if you go on to Indiana General Assembly website, iga.in.gov, you can very easily put in your address and find your representative and senator to see if maybe those who Rahul just mentioned are your legislator or if you're just interested more they're a few years away from voting, and you want to get more
1: politically involved, you just
2: want to become more informed.
1: Great. Great. Thank you. Well, yeah, and it sounds like, I mean, you're willing to kind of have anybody join, whether they're in those districts or not, just because this is a statewide push. Is that, that right?
0: Mm-hmm. Absolutely.
1: Okay. And I, I know... Tell me again, you said the name of your committee, and can you give some idea of maybe what the other committees are too, just so people will get a sense of other ways they might you know, get involved if they've got skills, that, skills or interests that might help out other committees?
0: Right. So um, Genevieve and I um, are part of the legislative committee, um, and as Genevieve said, we kind of lead our lobbying to state legislators, working on meetings with state legislators, uh, working on you know, a number of different ways that advocacy to state legislators could look like. Um, we also have an outreach team that focuses on recruitment, and we're kind of working with the outreach committee right now on pretty much the same thing since our legislative strategy is recruitment in specific Senate districts, so we find those very intertwined. Um, other than legislative outreach, we also have the social media committee. They handle all of our graphic design, and our social media presence, mainly on Instagram and Twitter, and um, and then finally, we have a, um, an events committee, an event planning committee. They plan our climate strikes, our volunteer calls, uh, stuff like that.
1: Great, and of course, I have to acknowledge I am way out of your target age range, but as what is the best way that an adult ally could help your group?
0: Mm-hmm. I'd say, um, I mean, you know, we, we, we are a youth organization, but we see a lot of potential in working with people of all ages. Um, an adult ally, um, first of all, an adult ally can um, be really helpful in, you know, connecting us with um, different um, groups and um, even youth in their community. Um, this is something you're helping us with, Kathy. Um, you know, we're, we're not from the north, Genevieve nor I are from the northwest Indiana area, so um, it, it's really helpful to have um, adults in the northwest Indiana who, kind, who, who, who you know, can, can point us in a good direction um, in their local city, in their, in their area. And I'll also say, um, you know, there are districts that we're working in where it is kind of hard to um, to find youth, to find high school students, Um, and and that's one of the things we're working on. But that just makes working with um, adult allies even more important. Um, And 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 some and sometimes our legislative strategy might. um, not include youth as much just because um, they're harder to reach. Sometimes it um, may include adults. In the Evansville area last year, um, there were a lot of adults we worked with who were able to get their state senator, Vanita Becker, to sign on as a co-author to our legislation and, um, and I mean, that's just as much an option. Um, in the northwest Indiana with these state legislators. Um, And and another thing adults can help us with is, you know, forming a local coalition to um, write a letter to these state legislators. So there are a lot of different ways that this can look like. It's very flexible, and that's one of the things um, I love about this legislative um, advocacy work is um, how creative it can get and how many different options there are.
1: Yeah, well, that that all makes a lot of sense. And I I guess I'm just asking just because I have also tried to network with youth. And, of course, you know, they age out, <laughs> right? <laughs> all of a sudden then they're not youth. So what I have found to be a strategy is trying to network with, um, you know, maybe adults like at Valparaiso University. There's um, the Earth Tones Club. And I've had great student contacts throughout the years, but then they graduate, they move away, they get jobs. So trying to mm-hmm. find like the um, – know the uh, faculty sponsor or something like that sometimes can be a point of contact that remains Mm -hmm. you know even if your own contacts there move on and I know like Valparaiso High School has an environmental club who I think you guys have reached out to already Um, I mentioned there's uh, an environmental reporter who writes for her school newspaper Olivia Mapes so I'll give her a shout out and let her know I gave her a mention and I'm thinking somebody writing for, you know, school newsletters covering environmental topics might be a perfect, you know, contact for you to help get your message out. And then teachers who are, are really, you know, dialed into environmental curriculum, like um, Krieger Middle School up in Michigan City, uh, Daisy Lee comes to mind. She's just, you know, got students that love her. And Michigan City also is a leader because, <clears throat> excuse me, they my goodness excuse me they've got a sustainability commission and i really love that they have appointed students to be part of that sustainability commission i think that's like such a great idea to make sure all voices are being heard well number mm-hmm. one to have a sustainability commission is a great idea so go michigan city but also making mm-hmm. sure to include youth you know in some of those seats is great so tristan right. uh, bogart is a is a friend of mine or contact i mean i've known him for for years And he's very interested in politics, and he served on that Michigan City Sustainability Commission for some time. So those are a few people that came to mind. And then just since I said sustainability commissions, I love that in my work with, you know, working on a regional climate action plan, I had the pleasure of working with a lot of citizens throughout, you know, the region and – they're now interested in becoming a more formalized group. So Highland, for instance, has Highland Neighbors for Sustainability. And, I, you know, that's all ages. Mm-hmm. But Highland Neighbors for Sustainability is hosting an event on August 27th that they're calling Region Neighbors for Sustainability. So they'll be talking to cities mm-hmm. about, you know, best practices for creating a sustainability commission. We're going to have somebody speak for Michigan City, and I'm quite sure that they will mention, including youth. If they don't, I will pipe up and and say that. But I I will Mm -hmm. definitely spread the word at that event and let people know about this podcast and about your initiative, too. So that will be on uh, August 27th. Um, But can you tell me a little bit of the timeline? I know you said, you know, obviously it gets really heavy during the legislative session. So maybe just saying when when does that start and what's kind of the requirement leading up to that? What's the most helpful, you know, right now?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the legislative session starts um, in January of 2023, and it gets really busy then. So what we're trying to do, and what um, Genevieve has been working especially on, is trying to get a good number of contacts um, from the Northwest Indiana area, a good number of you know relationships of people we're working with, um, significantly before January of next year. We want to have all our eggs in a, or, <laughs> not eggs, ducks in a row um, before then, so what our goal is by, um, you know, the November-December time, we kind of, you know, have a good um, kind of coalition of different people and groups in the Northwest Indiana area that are kind of ready and have a plan to advocate to uh, their state legislators.
1: Sounds good. Sounds good. Well, I know we mentioned the website once before, and we've got it in the show notes. If you happen to be you know, looking at this uh, online, you can find the link there. But let's just give it to people one more time. It's confronttheclimatecrisis.com. And um, so what is the best way for people to reach you? Is it the email that's on the website, confronttheclimatecrisis at gmail.com? Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. Yeah, that would be and a I great expect- way to reach. That's
1: uh, a good way. Okay. Good, yeah. good, good. And then people can find out about your virtual meetings that you host and they can go from there. Is that, is that right?
0: Yep, absolutely.
1: Okay. Yes, and if I
0: there's just, any... Oh, go ahead, Genevieve.
2: Oh, sorry. I just wanted to say one more thing that I learned from being a part of Confront the Climate Crisis, that I think sometimes you don't appreciate how much having a group of people like you and inspires you, the same work as you will motivate you, because for a couple of years I was trying to work on these projects in my town or in my school, and I didn't really have um, a support system or kids like myself who I was learning from all the time, and you, sometimes you just lose motivation and you get discouraged. So that's, I think, been the most uh, eye-opening thing to me about joining Confront the Climate Crisis for a little while now is that being around these people and getting messages from them and working on projects for them really uh, motivates me and it's, it's a really good feeling to know so many other kids my age with the same passion I do. So that's why I encourage people to join this organization because it really keeps you going if, if you're interested in the environment
1: for sure. Thank you. Thank you so much for your time today. And I know you're both going to go forth and do great things, because you're already doing great things. <laughs> I'm just curious, since we have just a few minutes left, do either of you know? Are you being called to, you know, a career perhaps in politics or environment or some combination? Genevieve, do you know yet?
2: I am interested in engineering right now. Um, I do. I am very interested in working in renewable energy, I think. So I'm trying to look at colleges right now that I will find my best fit at to study that
1: area. Great. And I know you're in Fort Wayne, but did you say what year in school you're in right now? I am a senior right now. Senior. Okay. Thank you so much. And how about you, Rahul?
0: Yeah. um, I'd say my number one interest right now is um, environmental policy. I'm just really... um, kind of passionate about connecting, you know, environmental science and environmental problems as well as our energy problems and and our clean energy industry and connecting it to advocacy. So (laughs) it's very similar to to what we're doing right now, and I'd say that's my number one uh, interest.
1: Yeah, well, no wonder you're so passionate about it and good at it. So thanks for the shout-out before oh. earlier about Earth Charter Indiana and Jim Poyser, just transparent. Mm-hmm. I have been serving for the past three-plus years as the Senior Resiliency Coordinator for Earth Charter Indiana, which, you know, the podcast has been around for many years before that was the case, but I, I currently do have that relationship with them. And I am helping out with a climate camp uh, for young adults in Lakeville, Indiana, at Prairie Winds mm-hmm. Nature Farm. So that'll be very interesting. We're going to have a bunch of students from Notre Dame um, join me. And I, mm-hmm. I just think it's really, for all the reasons you just said, for people to band together, learn this together, learn where their gaps are. Uh, my dog is barking. I think this might be a good time to wrap up the show. <laughs> so <laughs> if you're just joining us, you've been listening to another episode of 219 Green Connect, and my guests today have been Rahul Duray and Genevieve Chikelo from Confront the Climate Crisis. Thank you guys so much, and good luck to you in this next legislative session that we can make all of your goals happen and help that get done. Take care. Mm Bye-bye.
0: Thank
1: you so much, Kathy. Thank
0: Thank you, Kathy.